Anderson has this evening resigned and the country's far-right leader is claiming victory for a far, uh, sorry, a right-wing block of four parties. Well, vote counting has been continuing until today because the results were too close to call and that meant the final outcome rested in postal and overseas votes. Let's get more now from correspondent Paul Rees in Malmo. Um, Paul, I mean, a really razor thin lead, it would appear, for the right wing bloc. Um, any clues as to how they're going to be able to govern? OK, uh, welcome. That is the Swedish Democrats. It's something we've worked on, reported on for a long time. It's come to pass. I want to bring in Matthew Tierman. Uh, Matthew, uh, you join us today from Poland. You just left uh, Scandinavia, Sweden. Walk us through what a uh, earthquake in, in really global politics, because the most progressive left in the world, the most uh, uh, ones that are offense the most with Greta Thunberg and the rest of them of their bad ideas are the Swedish left. They are gobsmacked this evening. Matthew, what happened? Yeah, well, first, let's get to the, uh, the the timeline of how we are here on Wednesday when the election was on Sunday. There was a 50,000. He just froze. OK, can we unfreeze? Try to reboot him. Let's go to uh, let's go to New Hampshire. By the way, we're talking upset politics from both Europe all the way to the United States. Let's go to Keith Hansen, a major talk show, uh, radio talk show host up in uh New Hampshire. Keith, thank you for joining us. Another, there was an earthquake tonight from Sunday in Sweden, but there's been one last night that's still reverberating today in New Hampshire. Walk us through, how did the grassroots, how did MAGA, with no Trump endorsement and no money, how did they, uh, how did they make this happen, sir? I'm going to be honest. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think everybody is still celebrating this. Uh, the establishment certainly is not celebrating this, but the, the grassroots uh, the, the precinct project, the resolve initiative, um, just the, the good, solid conservative Republicans in the great state of New Hampshire are thrilled, uh, certainly, that, uh, that Don Bolduck pulled this win off, uh, that, uh, that Robert Burns for Congressional District 2 pulled it out, uh, that, uh, you know, that uh, Carolyn Levitt, uh, you know, she beat out uh, Matt Mowers. Uh, again, who was uh, another establishment favorite. So uh, this is this is really a rebuke of the establishment party. The New Hampshire Republican Party, especially Chris Sununu, has given us loser upon loser upon loser upon loser. And people, you've, you've heard the expression many times, have to go into the voting booth and hold their nose for the lesser of the two evils. Um, well, you know, now I think it's time that the establishment Republicans have to hold their noses and vote for the people that they didn't necessarily prop up, either in material support or financially. And what's gonna be interesting is what the Republican party in the state of New Hampshire is going to do from this point up until the general election. Are they going to support this or are they similar to an eight-year-old who just lost the checkers game? Are they gonna flip the checkerboard over and stomp off to their rooms to have a temper tantrum and refuse to acknowledge the people that have been selected by the people? Keith, one of the reasons I want to have you on here for the audience, and particularly MAGA and, and Republicans, conservatives throughout the nation, and, and, and as you know, we have a pretty big international audience. $10 million were spent on just in New Hampshire one, I think six she was reporting, another four on Baldick. What is it like in a state like New Hampshire when the establishment is coming? And they're not debating policy, but it's all the politics of personal destruction. How big a tsunami of negativity is that on these candidates in the moment well, that's all, happening, it's, sir? It's, 
it, it's all negative. But I have to be honest, I think at this point, um, at, at least here in, in the Granite State, people are waking up. People realize what the tactics, the methodologies and the procedures are for the establishments. And, and quite frankly, they're just not letting it uh, seep in. The amount of money that was spent to defeat Bolduc, um, the outright smears and the lies that have come out of the Sununu camp, certainly out of the Corey Lewandowski camp, uh, in, in an attempt to prop up people like Chuck Morse uh, and, and to, to, to prop up Matt Mowers and to prop up George Hansel. Um, these, these were abysmal failures, despite the amount of money. And, and I think that should serve as a scathing indictment of the Republican Party, the establishment Republican Party here in the Granite State. Rather than spending time and money and energy and resources to identify, call out, and help defeat the radical communist agenda of the Democrats, no, they want to spend time mastering, financially propping up the circular firing squad. I think people are tired of it. People are recognizing it for what it is. And the people spoke, certainly last night. And I, I got to be honest with you, I think the, the, the biggest victory here um, was was Don Bulldog. This is a guy who ran a perfectly executed grassroots campaign. The establishment is terrified of him. Oh, he's never going to win. No, I think he is going to win, quite frankly. I think he's going to wind up beating Hassan. Um, I, and, and I mean, certainly with her track record, she needs to be defeated. But, you know, again, this wasn't the establishment Republicans pick. So therefore, he can't possibly win. And ultimately, what that says is they're afraid of having to admit that their candidates have been losers. The Republican Party in New Hampshire has not given us winners. They've given us loser upon loser upon loser. Now the people have spoken. And I think the people have selected to face off with our all Democrat delegation exactly the people who they feel are best to represent the Granite State in in Washington, D.C. I want to go to, to the heart of this because the mainstream media is all playing, you know, uh, the CNN crowd, all of it that, you know, the Democrats said this, they got the candidates, they want Bolduc can't win, Levitt can't win. The nation puts a lot of trust and has a tremendous respect for the citizens of New Hampshire because it's the first primary, has been the first primary, I think since 1952. Uh, in the presidential cycle and it's had such a big impact and people trust the fact that you weigh and measure you're not going to be fooled by tv ads keith when you have your show every day let's leave the politics and the politicians aside what is top of mind to the folks in the granite state when you hear them and not just you know maga or republicans when you go around independence democrats what's at the top of the mind of folks in the granite state right now they want honest representation in Washington, D.C. They want honest representation in Concord, but they want honest representation in Washington, D.C. They want people who are going to say what they mean, mean what they say, and actually represent the constituents who put them into office with honor and integrity. Integrity is doing the right thing, even when there's nobody there to hold you accountable. We know what we're going to get with Democrats, and we certainly know what we're going to get with establishment Republicans. That's why this primary served as a rebuke of the, the establishment Republicans and saying, no, we don't want Democrats and we don't want the establishment Republicans. We want good, solid, conservative, grassroots Republicans who are going to do exactly what they say they are going to do, who are going to stand firm, stand their ground and not sell out the interests of the people of the state and certainly of the country. Listen, people are concerned about eating. I mean, we, we've got winter coming up here. The, the, the cost of, of, of propane, the cost of heating oil, the cost of electricity is absolutely through the roof. 
People have to put fuel in their vehicles. They have to heat their homes. They have to put food on the table. These are the issues. They're concerned about immigration. They're concerned about drugs. They're concerned about the economy. They're concerned about the housing market. They're concerned about inflation. And these are things that you know the establishment Republicans aren't talking about. All they're talking about is character assassination of other Republicans that they see as a potential threat to their own elevation. Well, let's talk about that for a second. What does the Sununu machine and, and the rest of the establishment Republicans, what do they fear about grassroots participation? What they, I mean, New Hampshire is built on the kind of the town hall and the village. And, you know, it's people go there for a reason. They like that. Mm-hmm. Right. And they and they like that community. What does the establishment fear about that? Because Boldick and Levitt's campaigns really, built, you know, small rooms, going into living rooms, knocking on doors, shaking hands, looking a granite stater in the eye and actually having a conversation where they can weigh and measure your character. What does Sununu and this crowd fear about that? They, they can't control them. Um, they, they can't control Carolyn Levitt, certainly. They can't control Bob Burns. And most certainly, they cannot control General Bolduc. And that's what they want. They want somebody who's going to go to Washington, D.C. and do exactly as they're told. That's why they are, are so averse to General Bolduc, because... He is not going to go in there and toe the line. He's going to do the right thing. I absolutely believe this. And when you look at the amount of money and the amount of time that has been been spent trying to destroy this man's character, it's all about fear. It's all about control. Now, the question for you is, Boldick, you believe right now, as you see it, Boldick's got a fighting chance uh, in this race for the Senate. Absolutely. I mean, you know, when you when you look at primaries historically, you know, we and then we're still trying to look at the numbers right now to determine historically where uh, the numbers have been. The initial reports were that voter turnout was relatively low. But in primaries, you generally don't get the people uh, you, you don't get everybody who's going to come out and vote. You get the diehards that come out and they vote. So, you know, the people have spoken. Uh, you know, now we have our, our we have our nominees in the, the two congressional districts. We have our Senate nominee. And, and so now I think the people are going to look at this and say, OK, well, what have we gotten? Don't forget that both of our, 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 our congressional districts right now are, are represented by Democrats. And we have Maggie Hassan in the uh, in the Senate. So as of right now, you've got you've got um, a number of these people here who are looking at it and saying, we know what we're going to get with the Democrats. What are we going to get with the Republicans? They're going to look at it and say, this, these are the people, these are the nominees. So you have a choice. You can either vote for these people, these Republicans, or you can vote for the Democrats and you know exactly what you're going to get. I think the pendulum is swinging right now. And I think the people uh, are, are going to put their faith and their trust in the nominees who were selected last night. And th- th- there's no question about it that these people can win. Listen, Bulldog did it with very little money on a grassroots campaign. He got out there and he worked that pavement every single day. Despite seemingly insurmountable obstacles, he pulled off a fantastic win. And he can absolutely do that in the general election, too. And and I think he's really going to have to put his walking shoes on at this point because he's likely not going to get any financial or material support from the NHGOP. Again, my, my prediction is that they're going to take the temper tantrum approach. They're going to flip the checkerboard over. They're going to go back to their rooms. They're going to pout, and they're just going to badmouth. But they're not going to provide any material support for him. If that happens, can he win? Does he have to bring the establishment in here to have his back? Because this is the seat that could flip the Senate. And are they savvy enough to realize in the grand scheme of things that as much as they dislike the grassroots and Baldick, that control of the Senate could be could be vitally important? Do you think they're smart enough to understand that, sir? I think people are waking up at this point, Steve. Absolutely. Listen, I mean, he pulled off a win despite the fact that he had millions of dollars 
going against him, that he had the, the Senate president going against him, that he had the incumbent governor talking negatively about him. He's he's got, you know, um, the, uh, the the Stanford, New Hampshire pack, which is Corey Lewandowski money. And that was that was designed to, 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 to prop up, of course, obviously his his competitors. You have this money that's going in to try to smear his name, engage in character assassination, and knock him out of the running. And despite all of that money, they did not manage to beat a guy who had very little money. But the people recognized what he stood for. When you stand in front of General Bolduck, you know, and that's one of the things I, I interviewed him going back uh, probably four years ago um, when when he was relatively unknown name. The thing that impressed me is that he will stand in front of you. He will shake his shake your hand. He will look you in the eye. And, you know, this is a man based upon his history, his just everything that he's done in his life. This is a guy who means what he says and and, and will do what he says he will do. I'm, I, I There's no question in my mind that he has the ability to pull this off. That's the rhetoric that you hear from the Democrats who want an easy to beat candidate. And that's the rhetoric from the establishment who's desperate to maintain control. Keith, how do people follow you on social media and your show? Because this race, uh, obviously for MAGA, what John Frederick said, one of the biggest nights ever in the history of this movement was last night with these two races and, and throwing Bobby Burns too. Very, very important. How do people follow you to keep up with all this? We're going to be doing uh, a lot of stuff both uh, on terrestrial radio as well as outside of terrestrial radio on videocast uh, here in New Hampshire as things heat up too. Uh, so uh, at uh, Real Keith Hansen on Twitter, that's at Real Keith Hansen on Twitter and uh, KeithOnTheAir.com as well. And it's the, uh, the Keith, Keith Hansen, Hansen show. Thank you very much for your work and your uh, brain analysis. Really appreciate it, sir. Thank you, Steve. Appreciate it. God bless. Okay. We're going to try to, we're going to try to rework some tech here. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we've got, uh, we're going to try to get uh, Tierman again from Europe. We got to get updated on Swedish Democrats. We got Mike Davis, these blockbuster hearings that the mainstream media does not want to talk about on Twitter. The revelations by the whistleblower under the penetrating uh, questioning of Howley and Mike Lee, but particularly Chuck Grassley. Mike Davis used to work for him. We're going to get to all that. Also, in House today, uh, one of the congressmen was blowing up uh, the parental rights movement, said it was like January 6th. We got Delois Stallman uh, here. We got Tony Lyons on the new book by uh, Alex Jones. It's number one or number two everywhere, except in the New York Times. And Alex Jones is going after the New York Times. And of course, uh, Naomi Wolf, there is a lot going on throughout the world on guess what? Countries banning the vaccine. All next in the war room. What's never good? When your nation's supposed authority on economic policy completely misses the flashing red lights of impending inflation. Now, Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen has finally admitted, quote, there's been an unanticipated and large shocks to the economy that have boosted energy and food prices and supply bottlenecks that affected our economy badly that I didn't at the time fully understand, end quote. You know who understands the real threat of inflation? People who invested in gold and silver with Birch Gold Group. They're protecting their savings from a highly turbulent economy by diversifying their 401k or IRA into gold, physical gold. It's not too late for you to take action now. Text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, -N -N, 
to 989898 and get a free info kit on diversifying and protecting your savings with precious metals. With an A-plus rating from the Better Business Bureau, countless five-star reviews, and thousands of satisfied customers, text Bannon, B-A-N-N-O-N, to 989898. And get the real help from Birch Gold today. Again, text Bannon to 989898 to claim your free, no-obligation information kit on protecting your savings with gold. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon, and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, uh, we've solved our technical problem. We have Matthew Tiermont. We're a little jammed, but Matthew, what, they're already talking trash. This is like the equivalent of MAGA took over Sweden, and they're not handling it well, sir. Tell us what's going on. Well, that's exactly right. First, it took three days to count votes that we kind of knew it was already over. Very tight margin on Sunday night, but they had uh, mail-in votes and expat votes, and they were supposed to come out Monday, then Tuesday, then Wednesday. And tonight, very late, Magdalena Anderson, the uh, social dem PM, she resigned. She saw there was no pathway for her to retain power. And on her way out, she said, we expect violence from the SD which is, I think, incredibly disingenuous, given that they are the ones who are trying to help save the country from the violence that has overtaken it over the Social Democrats' reign and the previous 20 years of uh, leftist establishmentarian Eurocentric rule. So uh, it it will be a stems part of the government. It will be potentially foreign ministry is already being talked about for Karl Bildt, which, as I've told the Swedish Dem friends of mine, that's all the political capital you want to spend is It's on the foreign ministry. It's on the interior ministry. It's on those ministries that will control the border. The interior ministry controls them de facto. The foreign ministry negotiates with their uh, with their uh, bilateral counterparties on who they let back or push back out. And that includes those who are criminal, who they need to push out of that country. The country is an absolute mess. Every police officer I spoke to in six days in Stockholm told me the exact same thing. This is untenable. Their daughters are at risk and they all voted for the Swedish Dems. So we are now at this fundamental juncture in Northern Europe, the leftiest place in Europe for generations. And now it has diametrically shifted in a right left balance. And the right I cannot is now emphasize I cannot emphasize enough how big a political earthquake this is as big as New Hampshire was. This is that to the 10th power right now globally, because Scandinavia has been by far the most progressive all of these bizarre energy policies, the railhead, a lot of that was in Sweden, and now they've been chop blocked by the Swedish Democrats, who are a right wing sovereignty party. But they want their borders, they want their sovereignty, and they're going to deal with this mass immigration they've had that's kind of destroyed the social experiment over 20 years, destroyed the country. Matthew, what's your social media? We're going to get you back on tomorrow in the morning when we get your picture because we want to see your smiling visage. Uh, how, to, uh, how do people get to you overnight? At Matthew Tiermond, M-A-T-T-H-E-W-T-Y-R-M-A-N-D. This is going to be really fluid over the coming weeks, but the big victory has been had. It's been validated. I was worried there might have been a hanging chad situation developing over the last 96 hours because we didn't get it called on Sunday. But this uh, this concession by Magdalene Anderson, this validates that the right is now control in control of one of the capitals of European leftism, and that's, that is a sea change. 
the right wing controls Sweden. Unbelievable. I never thought I'd say those words. Matthew Tierman, see you tomorrow. Okay, Chuck Davis, for all the other work he does for us and everything he does about Mar-a-Lago and all the stuff about President Trump, he's right on everything. He's One of his major focuses is big tech and the oligarchs. He's warned us about this while we saw it in living color uh, yesterday at these hearings. Let's play the hearings and we're bringing Mike Davis. Chairman Durbin, Ranking Member Grassley, members of the committee, I appear before you today to answer questions about information I submitted in written disclosures about cybersecurity concerns I observed while working at Twitter. My name is Peter Zatko, but I'm more often referred to by my online handle as Mudge. For 30 years, my mission has been to make the world better by making it more secure. From November 2020 until January 2022, I was a member of Twitter's executive team. In my role, I was responsible for information security, privacy engineering, physical security, information technology, and Twitter global support. I'm here today because Twitter leadership is misleading the public, lawmakers, regulators, and even its own board of directors. Thank you very much, Mr. Chairman, Mr. Zetko. Thank you for being here. Thanks for your testimony. Thank you. I, I want to make sure I got this straight. You've, you've stated today and, and in your report that about 4,000 Twitter employees are classified as engineers. Is that right? Uh, yes, sir. Uh, at the time, half the employees, I believe there were 7,000 plus full-time employees. Got it. And that means that these 4,000-ish employees would have had access to live user data all, data all over Twitter, they could access individual users' personal information, including their live data. Have I got that right? Yes, sir. If they, uh, so they would have access to the production environment. If they spent the time to meander around and look around, they would find that they could access these large troves of data. Including geolocation data? Did you testify to that earlier today? Uh, that the, I know that Twitter has IP locations uh, and that they do use uh, geolocation uh, services uh, based upon IP addresses. Wow. Four thousand employees with access to that data that's extraordinary so those employees would be in a position then if they wanted to to get this information and, and dox twitter users is that fair to say that is a concern of mine sir yes wow um that's a significant concern four thousand people with the ability to dox individual users who pick up the phone and <laughs> use twitter uh that's extraordinary have you ever seen it happen uh, I have seen uh, numerous situations where uh, Twitter engineers uh, had to patch a problem. And I said, what was the problem? And they said, oh, engineers could tweet as anybody. The data was exposed in this part. And it was always reactionary rather in finding these wounds left and right and putting Band-Aids on them because the systemic underlying problems were not addressed. The broad access to too much information and too many systems. Because of Mudge's disclosures, we've learned that personal data from Twitter users was potentially exposed to foreign intelligence agencies. For example, his disclosure indicates that India was able to place at least two suspect foreign assets within Twitter. His disclosures also note that the FBI notified Twitter of at least one Chinese agency in the agent in the country a company i should say <laughs> davis mike davis your day job you're trying to blow up the oligarchs with this legislation the mainstream media nobody's playing these hearings the twitter hearings yesterday 
they've got intelligence agents in the company that they've been identified and they're saying hey if the one's in the bunch is in what are we supposed to do about it mike davis what is going on here sir well what's going on here steve is these these big tech companies have way too much power they have ftc descent, uh, consent decrees that twitter is uh, operating under and they just thumb their nose at it i mean they have four thousand engineers at twitter half of their workforce has access to every Twitter users geolocation. That is terrifying. And as we just saw in your cold open, that we know that the Chinese, the Russian, and Indian governments have access to this information. Uh, that the problem is, is that when you have when you have major when we have big companies like this, when we have monopolists like this, there's only one neck for the government to choke. So it's very easy for these for these countries like China to go to Twitter and say. You're going to give me the geolocation data of the of the dissidents within our country, or if you go to you know the FBI, the FBI can go to them and say you're going to give us the geolocation data of this person in our country. And we've seen with the FBI that you know they're they're not exactly above board on how they operate uh, in today's environment. Mike, here's what I don't get: the, the that whistleblower was the head. He's kind of the head hacker, the head of technology and and security. That's why his whistleblowing is so big. Why is when that's there? Why is the CEO not there? Uh, why is the CEO not getting grilled on national TV? Because I say it's not even a company; it's just a it's a it's a intelligence platform that's all bots. But why is the CEO not being grilled by Grassley? That's a very good question. So they uh, sent the the the, the Democrat-controlled Senate Judiciary Committee sent an invitation to the Twitter CEO Agrawal. And he sent a message back to the committee that he could not testify because of his pending litigation with Elon Musk, which is just complete nonsense. It's garbage. So I imagine that Chuck Grassley, my former boss, will not take that uh, too kindly. And I imagine that he will push Chairman Dick Durbin to issue, issue a subpoena for the Twitter CEO to get his butt in that chair. But here's what I want. To, this is why there's no substitute for victory. And we have to put our differences aside right now. Mike Davis, explain. We got a, a couple of explain the difference in that committee with Chuck Grassley and Hawley and Mike Lee and those people in charge versus in the minority. How would it be run differently, sir? Well, I've seen it. I worked for Chairman Chuck Grassley when the Republicans were in charge. And he is the guy who got all of Trump's judges confirmed. Uh, uh, Gorsuch, Kavanaugh, Barrett, a record number of lower court judges. Grassley, as chairman, was the guy who blew open the crossfire hurricane Russian collusion hoax. Grassley has been the best investigator in congressional history. Uh, he has a, a, an outstanding investigative team. They're all over the Russia collusion hoax. They're all over the Mar-a-Lago raid. Uh, he's single-handedly exposing these hoaxes. And if he's not, if he's not in charge of this, you're if Democrats control the Senate in January, they are going to take back the judiciary that President Trump was able to transform. And that is our last line of defense. And they're, they're going to rubber stamp all these radical judges. We're going to continue with trillions of dollars in inflationary debt. And these investigations will go nowhere. It is so critical for Republicans, for conservatives to come together. The primaries are over. It's time to come together and back our Republican uh, uh, Senate candidates across the yeah. country, whether we liked them or not, because it's too yeah, important to not back the Senate. Yeah, a lot of these guys aren't perfect. Look, I'm no Oz fan, but Fetterman, it'd be a disaster. This is my point. You got to come together. Mike, how do people get to Article 3, particularly to find out 
what you want to do with the tech oligarchs. Yeah, so it's article3project.org, at article3project.org, at uh, Twitter, Get Her Truth, it's at article3project, um, article3project, and my personal is M-R-D-D-M-I-A, M-R-D-D-M-I-A, thank you, Steve. And Mike Davis comes in a little hot on that social media, so it's well worth watching it. Okay, short break. Delois Stallman, uh, the parents' rights and the moms for liberty, all the moms across America, you're being dissed in Congress today. We're going to get into depth why. If you want to know what the left's real plan is for your kids, just look at the reaction to the work Patriot Mobile did in multiple school districts in the great state of Texas. The left is losing their minds. Patriot Mobile is America's only Christian conservative mobile phone provider and a force for conservative values. This is because they take a portion of your bill and fund conservative causes and candidates who believe in the sanctity of life, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment, and guess what? They're winning. Patriot Mobile has affordable plans for you, your family, even your business. They offer the same nationwide coverage as the major carriers because they use multiple major networks. Plus, you're supporting conservative values with every call. Now go to PatriotMobile.com. That's one word. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call the following number, 972-PATRIOT. That's 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Bannon. Special discounts are also available for veterans and first responders. Join our movement. Make the switch today and a difference tomorrow. That's PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. PatriotMobile.com slash Bannon. Or call 972-PATRIOT. Make an impact. Use your agency. Action, action, action. War Room Pandemic with Stephen K. Bannon. The epidemic is a demon and we cannot let this demon hide. War Room Pandemic. Here's your host, Stephen K. Bannon. Okay, I'm going to change it up a little bit. And this goes as other breaking news out of Scandinavia. And this is about the vaccines. Uh, I want to bring in Naomi Wolf. Naomi, thanks for changing your schedule to join us here. I, I don't understand because it's, it's, I'm not an expert. Is this a blockbuster? Explain people what has been announced, I think, this afternoon or this morning in, in Denmark about the vaccines, ma'am. What's so satisfying is that um, there is blockbuster headline after blockbuster headline, but they're playing it really soft so that we won't notice. Um, the last blockbuster you all will recall was that the UK stopped giving injections to children under 12 and just tried to soft pedal that, sneak it in. Um, and now a whole country has fallen. Uh, Denmark um, has uh, announced very quietly, and this is Igor Chudov's uh, substack, um, the Denmark's health authority announced yesterday it will no longer offer boosters and vaccines to persons under 50. Um, if you insist on having that you have some special risk from COVID, if you're under 50, you can still get it. But the general public under 50 in Denmark is not offered boosters. And even the primary series vaccine, meaning those two first vaccines, they will not be offered to the general public. Um, so- okay, ho, ho, ho. hang on, hang on one second. These were the most you know, vaccinated. I know the guys in Denmark, they locked it down. These, these were the hardest core of the hardcore. So repeat that again so everybody can understand it. Denmark yeah. has announced, the government health, the health officials have announced they're not offering the vaccine or the booster 
to, to anyone under 50 years old? That's correct. Um, yeah, I mean, the language is so Orwellian, which is a theme that comes up in our conversations all the time. They're basically withdrawing it from the market, right? They're basically acting like it's not safe anymore. It's not something that's appropriate anymore. Um, but they're saying we are not offering it. This is Orwellian, you know, vaccine speak the way that um, vaccine confidence and vaccine hesitancy is Orwellian vaccine speak. But the bottom line is, it's not, you know, for you. It's not available to you. You're not being offered it. It's not presented to you, let alone mandated if you're under 50 in the entire country of Denmark. And, you know, Igor Chudov rightly asks, does Denmark have some information about these boosters that it is not sharing with us that made it decide against vaccinating and boosting young people? So this creates. Okay, okay, a hang, hang on a second. You have two health services in England and Denmark that have been ahead of the curve on this. What are they not putting forward what they know, why they've come to in the UK under, uh, I think, 11 or 12 and under 50 in Denmark? Have anybody, is there any peer review journal, have they come forward and made any kind of pronouncements of why this is happening and why it's happening now? Why, why Denmark two weeks after the UK? Uh, well, there's a lot of peer reviewed um, research emerging about how dangerous these injections are. Uh, I mean, a lot and a lot of new stuff. In fact, there was a really important Wall Street Journal um, publication, I believe, yesterday or the day before, in which a number of physicians and scientists said we shouldn't be mandating young adults in college because the risk benefit ratio doesn't make sense. It's it's not informed consent. We shouldn't do it. Um, but the answer to your question is no, in the sense that, and I asked this about the UK, about face, about kids, either it was safe then and it's safe now, or it's unsafe, it was unsafe then, in which case you've killed a bunch of kids, injured a bunch of kids, and it's unsafe now. And the same question could be asked of Denmark. Either no one in Denmark should have been forced to accept these experimental, sometimes lethal injections, in which case you created a, a, a human health crisis of, of vast proportions, as well as suspending the civil rights of all of Denmark for you know almost two years and forcing people to take these, um, or you're being irresponsible now in withholding them one or the other. Normal discourse, normal policy demands an explanation, but in both cases, there is no explanation forthcoming. Okay. Just, oops, you, you, no longer you, puff of you, smoke. Your research and the team's research has been driving this. I understand Epoch Times has a big piece. Uh, tell me about the Epoch Times piece. Sure. Leslie Manukian of Health Freedom Defense Fund, who's overseeing our lawyers, um, these wonderful lawyers, Scott Street and John Howard, who are suing now Pfizer on our behalf, thanks to all of you, War Room Posse, and all of your support and all of your you know faith in us that we'd get to this day. Uh, we, She and I wrote an op-ed that Epic Times has published about our lawsuit and about the fact that um, the citizen petition, which you all remember, uh, our lawyers had to submit to the FDA uh, as a bureaucratic step before we could sue Pfizer, got turned down by the FDA in a 31-page um, response, which I believe uh, was posted in your social media. And as a result, now we're able to, and we've been generating um, plaintiffs, uh, again, through you, through the posse, war room posse, people who have owned or own shares of 
Pfizer who are willing to be plaintiffs, and now we're moving ahead with suing Pfizer. So we announced that in the Epic Times, which is now the third biggest um, news outlet, um, yeah. you know, getting up there next to the New York Times. It's under uh, real quickly. How do they get to uh, to Daily Clout? How do they get to all of your research and particularly still volunteer? We want everybody putting shoulder to the wheel on something, and nothing better than Daily Clout in this great fight where you're now you're starting to see the victories. Yeah, I think we really are. I mean, I think we've made it impossible for Denmark or Britain to claim that they're not hideous problems. And that's all due to the volunteers and Amy Kelly um, and you guys. So come to dailyclout.io. You'll see all the 37 reports up there and a horrific new interview with Dr. James Thorpe about miscarriages. We were right to warn about miscarriages, elevated with miscarriage rates with the mRNA vaccine. And um, also you can support us. Uh, and also you can follow me at Dr. Naomi R. Wolf and you can read the book, The Bodies of Others, which explains what happened to us and what to do about it. And, you know, thank you everyone. This is a gigantic milestone. And in two and a half years of very few wins, we've had a lot of wins together in the last week. And it's because of all of you helping out and supporting and leading. I, I think it's like Hemingway said about bankruptcy. It's slowly at first and then all at once. I think we're seeing the all, I think we're seeing the beginning of the all at once because of all the work, uh, Amy Kelly and your team and particularly the volunteers of the war room. I, I can't say enough about the work, the, 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 the laboring oars you guys have been. It's just been incredible. And now it's starting to have a massive impact globally. And we're going to have to get to the bottom of it. We're going to have to get to the bottom of it. That's where we got to win in November. Uh, Naomi, thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, Steve. And thank you all. We've asked a lot of people to change their schedules around the day. One is Delois Stolman. I had to get her. Let's play the cold open. I got. I really wanted Delois's particular take on this. What you're about to see. Um, January 6, 2021, will never be forgotten. An infamous day in American history. MAGA Republicans descended upon the Capitol, engaged in an insurrection. Uh, they occupied the Capitol. Five. People were killed, hundreds injured, including hundreds of Capitol Hill police officers attacked and bludgeoned. Um, uh, it was uh, a day that we'll never forget. And people on the local level uh, at affected school board meetings, they won't forget the MAGA uh, Republicans descending on their school board meetings uh, after January 6th like January 6th, disrupting meetings. It was a co coordinated uh, attack happening across the country. Americans won't forget about it. Uh, school board uh, members, teachers, administrators subjected to violence, threats of violence, harassment, intimidation. Uh, and in response to that, the National School Boards Association sent a letter to the Biden administration seeking federal help. Things had gotten so far out of hand. And by the way, there's not one scintilla of evidence, either direct or indirect, that there was any coordination between the Biden administration and the National School Boards Association uh, that caused that letter to be sent seeking federal assistance. And so uh, in response to that request, I think there's already publicly disclosed information that makes the last one inaccurate. But trust me, after we take charge in November of this year, next year, when we get down to all the emails and text messages, we'll get to the details. Delois Stallman, 
Uh, did I hear that correctly? That it was an organized, like January 6th, coordinated attack of the moms of America and throughout the country uh, that was a coordinated attack on these uh, poor, innocent school boards. Did I hear that correctly, ma'am? Seemingly. It's hard to find somebody on Capitol Hill who's taken less seriously than Hank Johnson. Um, the guy is just an outright liar. As you heard, hundreds of police were not bludgeoned at the school board meetings, which are all held on different nights of the week, you know, across America. There was no coordination. What was coordinated was the way that the Democrats have just attacked concerned, loving parents for wanting the best for their children. People who are dissatisfied with the uh, video school, which was garbage. People who are dissatisfied with the programming and indoctrination going on on their children. They come to speak out. It's called the First Amendment. I'm not sure if Hank wants to check that out or not, but everybody can speak freely here in America. And um, he also is completely misinformed about the makeup of the crowds at the school board meetings. There were teachers in the crowd speaking out against these policies. People, the teachers didn't want these policies for CRT. They don't want. They didn't want the masks, at least here in Virginia. Um, it was people who are active in politics, people who are inactive in politics. I'm a homeschool parent. I was at the meetings, retired people. So um, he seems to be taking a broad brush to um, insult MAGA people, especially, but he's, you know, on so many levels, the guy is totally misinformed. I, see, I don't take it that, that he's doing it on purpose. They're, they're, they're petrified of the MAGA vote, but they see the, the example of the Commonwealth of Virginia where concerned parents who are not part of the Trump movement and maybe not even supporters of President Trump understand there's something so fundamentally wrong in the education system, they come together and the next thing you know, you have 100% turnout of MAGA, you have all these concerned parents on parental rights, next thing you know, you get Glenn Young and crushing Terry McAuliffe. This is, a, this is a well thought through attack to try to demonize the parental rights movement eight, week, eight weeks before the can the campaign, what, what's your uh, what what would be your response to that? To think that it is actually this is the demonized parental rights because they want to break this coalition that we have that's a winning coalition. I would tell him the same thing that I would tell Terry McAuliffe: keep talking, keep insulting parents, because nothing proved more detrimental to Terry McAuliffe and and largely now these Democrats at, at this November than the constant insult to the parent who's footing the bill through tax dollars for these schools, who's handing their child off to these people for 35 hours a week, um, entrusting them, they're breaching that trust. There's a cabal going on between these school board associations masquerading as professional development groups. They're not. They're essentially an extension of the Teachers Association and, um, you know, other groups who go together to lobby your, your on the state level, they lobby your um, state houses for Democrat policies. If, if these activated parents really want to dive deep, they should go look at their state school board association website. These people are working against um, conservative values. Delois, can you just hang on for one second? We're taking a short commercial break. Delois Stallman, 
one of the leaders of the parental rights movement throughout the country in the Commonwealth of Virginia is going to join us. We've got Tony Lyons about Alex Jones' new book and the fight with the New York Times. All next. Americans are discovering that if we want to change this nation, we have to change the way the marketplace works. Look, woke corporations are seeking to divide us. Big banks are freeing the, freezing the accounts of people who disagree with their political views. And our supply chain is dependent upon countries that actively work against our values, like the Chinese Communist Party. It's time for a change. And that change starts with you and your wallet. That's why I'm pl- proud to partner with Public SQ the largest network of patriotic, freedom-loving businesses and consumers our nation has ever seen. Public SQ is the first app to connect freedom-loving Americans with their local community and the businesses that share their values. Whether you want to support a restaurant that only buys from local farms, a coffee shop that took a stand against COVID mandates, or a bank that could never cancel you for your political views, Public SQ is your guide. There's also interactive, sensor-free community groups where you can connect with other local members. And here's the best part of it. It's absolutely free to join. Just download the Public SQ app from the Apple Store or Google Play. Create an account and begin your search. You can also list your business for free so your local community can support you. Download the app today. Public SQ. That's Public SQ. Public SQ. Go to the Apple App Store or Google Play. Take action. Do this today has arrived the new social media taking on big tech protecting free speech and canceling cancel culture join the marketplace of ideas the platform for independent thought has arrived superior technology no more selling your personal data no more censorship no more cancel culture enough getter has arrived it's time to say what you want the way you want download now you see, Getter is an information and an organizing platform. That's why I get on Getter. We're up there all the time. All our contributors are up all the time. Going to my feed and putting stuff up all hours of the night. Analysis, commentary, observations, and pieces I think you ought to read and you can connect dots. Also, precinctstrategy.com. Make sure you go there today. Sign up. Everyone in this audience, you don't need to write a check to anybody. But what you need to do is volunteer and be part of this movement. This is the historic and you're seeing these big victories we're getting. And by the way, their victories are popping up all over the world of like-minded people. We've got to win here. There is no substitute for victory on November 8th. Delois Stallman, they're coming after the parental rights groups. They're coming after the moms and dads of Mary. There's no doubt that this was not some random thing to happen. There are no coincidences. So how do people go get more information about parental rights and learn about this? Because they're now coming for you, particularly that you that are the cadre, the tip of the spear, they're going to be coming, they're going to be rolling as hard as they are against other MAGA people right now. So how do people get your social media and then where should they go to get more information about this whole movement? Um, I'm on Getter at Delois. I used to be ultra MAGA. I am now mega MAGA. Um, I follow Chris Rufo. I, he's put out um, just a ton of information on his website, including how to break down the language of the critical race theory people. Um, I would ask people, you know, like you say, to get involved. I got involved personally. I'm the vice chairman of my county party now. Get out there, get trained, get to the polls. Um, They're still taking poll watchers. You can get trained for that. And if you have any interest at all in running for school board, make sure you're very familiar with um, 
the state school board association and the grip that they have on your local school board because you think your school board is running your district but they are not they are being manhandled by the state school board association and get familiar with the dues what they're paying who their preferred vendors are and how their relationship in your county funnels back to your state school board association because they in turn are members of the national school board, school board association who believe you're a domestic terrorist so know who's if, playing if, the game if you want to get things sorted out get the moms in america so that's what's helped the entire history of the republic is that so now i know the cavalry has arrived delois stallman thank you for changing your day around to join us here really appreciate it thank you so much for having me right there i'm telling you this is what's changing this country and you can be part of it too in fact you can be one of the key members but you got to take that first make that first commitment let's go i want to play alex jones's i got a cold open here for tony Lyons. let's play alex jones okay you've had a year i want to get into it and you kind of tell me what we can and what we can't get into obviously uh but uh this is your new book the great reset the war for the world yes and and it, it went to number one on a whole bunch of charts went to number two on wall street journal and a bunch of others and, and that's even with some rigging it should have been number one there and the new york times talked to tony lyons the head of skyrus publishing and said it's alex jones we're not even going to list it so there were books that were like number 19 15 you name it on the new york times bestseller list that, that we sold 10 15 20 times more books than those so we should have been number one but stuff way down their list, we sold dozens of times more. And that's just in the first month of its sale at cash registers at stores. That's how that happens. It doesn't count all the massive amounts that got sold online at Amazon or Infowars.com. And so it is the number one book, not just uh, fiction, not just nonfiction. All of them, more than any textbook, any more than any Harry Potter book, The Great Reset and the War of the World, number one, showing that freedom and liberty is very, very popular. People want to understand what Klaus Schwab and the globalists are up to. Last time I was on, we talked a lot about The Great Reset. There's a lot of great, great reset books out there, but this this really is in their own words. Very easy book to write because it, it, it's really uh, their confession of what they're setting up. And so it definitely scares the power structure. That's why they try to suppress me and censor me because the real Alex Jones is popular versus the straw man they're trying to build. Yeah, that's, uh, by the way, the media's reporting that as a screed. He's screaming. I, he's on Steve Crowder's show, and it's a great interview. Right. And that's Alex Jones is kind of laying out some facts. I want to bring in Tony Lyons now. So, Tony, give me the other uh, the other uh, revered and, 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 and honest, uh, tr you know, charts and lists, you know, Publishers Weekly, Wall Street Journal, USA Today. Where's Alex Jones book? So Alex Jones was number two on the Wall Street Journal bestseller list, number two on Publishers Weekly, number 10 on USA Today, which includes all types of books. So that includes children's books and all and all kinds of other books. So for hardcover nonfiction, number two, and the only reason that it wasn't number one on Wall Street Journal and Pub Publishers Weekly was that the book was selling so quickly that they didn't get all the copies shipped that were actually sold during that week. So it, it go, is go, legitimate yeah. to say it was the number one best-selling book, hardcover nonfiction for the week. It's and it's an incredible book and i want everybody to get it i'm doing the conference up at tp go to tpusa.com right now we're doing the great reset conference this weekend you got to read this book as a prep go to amazon and just get the book real quickly tony tell me about the new york this one i'll get wall street journal is not uh you know not gateway pundit not uh says it ain't war room it's a wall street journal if it's number two there how can it not be listed on the new york times sir 
So the answer is that the New York Times is misleading the American public. This is a dishonest bestseller list. It's a recommended reading list. They did the same thing with Robert F. Kennedy Jr.'s book, where it was the best-selling book in America, the real Anthony Fauci, and they listed it as number seven. So, and then they put their own title, which was the 1619 Project, as number one. So they routinely do this. They routinely exclude conservative books, and they're actually lying to the American public about what the best-selling books are, and they're trying to control the narrative by making people think that a book that they don't like isn't being read as much as it actually is. Real quickly, how do people get to The Great Reset and The War for the World right now? Where's the best place to go? So the best place is Amazon. Um, you know, they are shipping it well, and it's number six right now uh, on their chart of all the books in the world. <laughs> Six on Amazon, two on Wall Street Journal, two on Publishers Weekly. Tony Lyons, how do people get to Skyhorse? You're a great publisher. How do they get to you? Skyhorsepublishing.com. You're amazing. Okay, second hour, we're going to go to the battleground state of Arizona. We're going to talk about the 13% inflation in the Phoenix metro area. Guess what? It ain't 13%. It's 18%. Also, what happened in the White House today? $2 billion funneled into the most radical part of transhumanism all next war room posse you already know free speech is under constant attack by the swamp and their big tech allies they resell your communications and personal data while lecturing and laughing at you i've got the solution unplugged systems a secure communications company has an app suite you can install on any android phone including its own uncancelable app store vpn antivirus and highly encrypted messenger better than wicker signal telegram or anything else none of your message or vpn traffic is stored analyzed or sold claim your security for only ten dollars a month Go to their website, unplugged.com. That's unplugged.com slash war room to install the unplugged suite. It's secure. It's private. It's the way we stay connected and informed. Get it now. Take action, action, action. Use your agency. They put Peter Navarro in leg irons for simply doing his constitutional duty. Now they want to put Peter in prison for standing up for Donald Trump. Please go to Amazon right now and order Taking Back Trump's America to help fund Peter's legal defense. Taking Back Trump's America provides a critical MAGA blueprint to put Trump back in the White House in 2024. Buy Taking Back Trump's America on Amazon today. If they can put Peter Navarro in prison, they can come for all of us. Folks, let me tell you about Salty. It's a company that makes a soft gel supplement rich in antioxidants to help people like you and me keep a healthy heart. While COVID gets all the headlines, it's important to realize that heart disease kills nearly 700,000 Americans every year. Yes, heart disease is the number one killer every year, year in and year out. Heart disease builds over time. Hypertension, high blood pressure, bad cholesterol, diabetes, all of it affects our heart. A healthy heart is key to being energetic as we get older. It is never too early to take care of your heart. You see, heart disease sneaks up on us. You can start in your 30s, and when this happens, you're at serious risk by the time you turn 60. If you want to take care of your heart and those you care about, please go to warroomhealth.com. 
That's warroomhealth.com. All one word, warroomhealth.com. Use the code WARROOM at checkout to save 67% of your first shipment. That's code WARROOM at checkout to save 67%. And do it again. WARROOMHEALTH, all one word, WARROOMHEALTH.COM. Go there today. You need, If you're going to be part of the posse, you need a strong heart. You need a lion's heart. How we're going to do that is with Salty. Go there. Do it today. Check it out.